Hey, this is Sonny Ono. You know, the innovative selfie. You are listening to Dynamo Dozen. You're listening to Dynamo's Dust. Now let's welcome your host, Ian Dynamo Kelly. Welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, musically, fresh socks and jocks, and everything in between, never forgetting the talk. And today I am joined by my good friend, the master of the selfie, the originator of the selfie, Mr. Selfie himself. My good friend, Sonny Ono. How are you doing, my brother? Hey, good. How are, how are the weather over in your area? Cold, but, but dry. No rain. So I thought you guys get rain all the time. Well, last time I was in your island, yep. um, um, I, I, I haven't been fortunate enough to get to, get to Ireland, but and I was in England there for a while. Yeah. And, and it, like, it rained all the, the whole time I was there. It's rain. It's rain. That's why you've still got such a great head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> At least I have some, right? Yeah, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> so uh, it's been a while. You were you were one of my uh, one of my original guests many many years ago, which my family yeah. will remember a couple of years back on the audio. Right. So now it's great that we get to speak face to face. Yeah. Modern technology. I, I suppose some good things came out of COVID, right? We're, we're yeah. To, yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty amazing, really. You know, and 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 as we go on to a chat here, I'll tell you about what's you know what's going to be next. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of exciting thing happening, and you know it's it's probably happening more so now because of what's going on with the pandemic. So mm-hmm. you know we can't you know we can't touch and feel each other and go see people and have you know have a drink anymore in the pub. Sure. Sure. So uh, there's a lot of this stuff goes on and, and it's going to evolve into something new. You know, you, you, you heard about Metaverse, which is, of course. The, and, and uh, I'm working with a couple of different big time guys and there's a lot of money being, you know, NFTs and people are spending a lot of money on that stuff and buying property and Metaverse and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I'm from the time when we had a pager. Sure, <laughs> you know? sure. So, so this stuff is all, all like, but technology is amazing, you know. And you, uh, are you? Have you been in talks with the likes of Mister, with, with, with the likes of Vern Gagne and Magnum TA and stuff like that with, with this whole metaverse? Well, thing? I see them. I see those guys at the, at the autograph signing and stuff like that. But yeah. I've been avoiding those. I've only been a couple of those big ones, like you know Russell Khan, Russell Cade, and stuff like that. And my, I usually try to bring, you know, some of the big Japanese stars over in the United States for signing. 
a couple of years ago, I was I was at uh, with Ultimo Dragon, which last time was in New York when we sure. had the uh, RussellCon. Sure. Um, a lot of guys, you know, I, I will tell you, a good forty five percent of my fan was from from Europe. That, that I, I did autograph signing for. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really interesting. Uh, uh, but, you know, Great Muda, Ultimo Dragon, Bonacano. Matter of fact, Bonacano is going to be here in Dallas in like a couple of weeks for uh, WrestleMania weekend at this WrestleCon. Yeah. So, and she hadn't been here for a long, long time. So Yeah. Of course, yeah. Bull Nakano, a lot of people will remember if they're only WWE fans having a uh, SummerSlam match in 1994 with uh, Lundra Blaze, who uh, right. then became Medusa. And then, obviously, you you uh, you were her her guider of light in uh, w- yeah. WCW, um, where she continued a lot of that feud with Medusa as well. So Right. Yeah, we hear. actually wrestled, wrestled there in Sturgis. <clears throat> sure, sure. In a motorcycle match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hogwild. Hogwood. Yeah, but this had this very beautiful pink Harley Davidson. Of course, yeah. I rolled in on a little Japanese uh, Honda. I remember it very, very well. It's and uh, they get to smash each other's bike. Yeah, you know. I, I remember that show really, really well. Really, really <laughs> well. Um, so I suppose you're probably sick to death of telling the, uh, the origin story, and people know it by now. Um, again, the great thing about, I suppose, these podcasts and shows is that a lot of you know, old school wrestling fans and new school wrestling fans have got the opportunity to kind of learn about old school guys like yourself. So I'll give people a little bit of a breakdown. Um, obviously, you got your start in pro wrestling through being great friends with the great, uh, who I'm a big fan of and I always have been a big fan of, believe it or not. Even though I'm a Bret Hart guy, I'm also yeah. an Eric yeah. Bischoff guy. <laughs> um, it's uh, so yourself and eric bischoff obviously um done martial arts kickboxing okay. and was it taekwondo or karate no he studied taekwondo I'm, oh. i i was okay on goju so sure but sure. far as far as sports karate goes they really don't really care too much about styles you know sure and and uh sure. Or, or kickboxing um both of us did kickboxing uh eric was eric did uh, what they call the uh point karate or continuous fighting karate which is one grade below kickboxing sure you know kickboxing or it, it is it's continuous fighting a lot like boxing as far as that goes yeah point fighting you can hit hard but uh it's it's just stop the word point each time a lot like exactly. fencing yeah so yeah. um yeah but you know eric been on cbs you know the network fights and stuff like that super fights and stuff like that but you know like i, I always tell the story that you know, Eric probably could have been a champion a few times over, but his problem was, you know, he 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 would uh, not stop when somebody said stop. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know. The uh, I've not had the pleasure of um, of doing a show with Eric yet, but uh, hopefully yeah. one day we will we will get the chance. And I know he's very accommodating with stuff like that as well. So, right. um, I, I'm sure our paths will cross at one point. But and I've, I, it's funny because. When you look at Eric, especially back in the days, the whole Kendall look, the smile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he done the sl- smug guy, yeah. Yeah, he done that real smug, sleazy guy really, really well. Yeah. You know, you're like, do not trust him with anything. He would sell his mother, to, you know, for a dollar. But um, obviously, you're great friends with him on no different. And yeah. no, he is quite a quite a great human being, but also he was a very, very tough guy who actually liked to fight, which is definitely not 
the vibe yeah. that you get by looking at him, right? Right, correct. I mean, yeah, he, you talk about looks is deceiving, you know? Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a he's a one of those real tough guy in a sense that, you know, he was kind of guy that, that you don't want to mess with in a bar, you yeah. know? And, and because he was such a good looking guy and, you know, the girls would gaga him in, in a bars and stuff, you know, he got into it with a lot of guys, you know? Yeah. You know, why is my girlfriend talking to you? You know, that kind of thing. Why and, don't you, you know, take a look? Fact, <laughs> Matter of fact, people don't know this about Eric. You know, he used to be a bouncer really? in Chicago and, 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 and where, the, where the entertainment area of Chicago and Rush Street. Um, and, and it's, a, you know, and he, I guarantee you, you, you will get into it a couple of times a night and have to kick somebody out of the bar or, you know, stop a fight or get yeah. into it. And, and Eric actually did that in his 20s. Um, and, and yeah, he, he was one of those guys that, that uh, you know, great friend, but you didn't want to mess with. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but he always had your back, too. So Yeah, loyal, loyal. Um, yeah. One of the, I suppose this is, this is the exciting thing. I'm a bit of a collector myself, mm. um, mainly of wrestling memorabilia and kind of. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah, and, and I know, I know, I'm, I'm well aware. I've seen some of the cool stuff you have, and I still have my eye on some of the stuff that you hopefully still have so um but i would be a collector of all sorts you know old school toys stuff like that even some of the modern stuff now why don't you tell my great listeners how you and eric got into the wrestling business and what great children's toy that was your brainwave and uh which got your which helped get a foot in the door firstly for eric and then you to follow on yeah if if you want to blame those who who dislike eric and and you know or or those of you who took eric's check (laughs) and and really honestly if it wasn't for eric bischoff and successful nitro and wcw you know i mean literally he changed way the guys boys were getting paid that's a fact they used to, you know, as you know, they used to get a piece of the, you know, if, if you were to get on the contract with even with, with, with the WWE or WWF at the time, you know, you, you actually got paid no guarantees. You got no paid, guarantees. Yeah. You got paid of the piece of the action. Yeah. Well, Eric changed all that when, you know, when, when WCW and Nitro became competitive to WWF and you got guaranteed money. Yeah. You, know, you were actually getting paid. You got a paycheck. You know whether you were there or not, and 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 he changed actually, you know, whole dynamic of of how the wrestling business were were being conducted between boys and and and, and the company. Yeah. And so, if you guys want to blame him, you can blame me for getting him and getting him getting his foot in the door. And how. To, to answer your question, how it happened was that Eric and I have been friends and, and we used to train together. He was up in Minneapolis and I was in Iowa, uh, right, up, right south of the border. And I would travel up there to train because we were both all training for kickboxing. And, and uh, we became friends because we, we would travel. You know, we're in our 20s, you know, early 20s. And what does guys in early 20s who trains to fight wants to do? Go to a karate tournament so we can fight and not get arrested and go to jail. So, you know, we travel around the country. We would go to Chicago, you know, uh, Georgia, Carolina, Texas, which hop in a van and we would take off and, and uh, go, go look to do, you know, go look to do the what young 
one of you all would do. Yeah. Look for girls and and party and 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 be able to fight and not go to jail. And that yeah. was our deal, you know. And so we became friends by doing traveling. And uh, uh, Eric was working at the karate school as uh, uh, one of the front office guy. Um, uh, he would sell karate programs, and he was he would be assistant instructor. And I think in side business, he he was hustling, you know, trying to make ends meet. And and uh, I had I came up with this low tech, if you can imagine low tech, you can look this up actually. It's called yep. the Ninja Star Wars. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little Velcro stars that you could throw at each other. And we created a storyline and you have a vest and a head goggle that these Velcro will stick to it. Yep. And, you know, and, and, and uh, I showed it to Eric and, and uh, kids loved it at the karate schools. And Eric says, hey, we got we to gotta sell this thing and put it on TV. We got to take this national. Yep. I have no idea about marketing. <laughs> and Eric knew some. He says, we got to put this on national TV. How are we going to do that? Well, let me, uh, let me go see this wrestling show, Vern Gagne, um, NWA. Um, AWA at the time, AWA, wasn't it? Sorry, AWA, yeah, yeah. All, yeah, All Star Wrestling up in Minneapolis, Channel 5. And... And he went to visit him and, and pitched him idea because they were trading commercial time, how the TV worked back in then. They would get a certain amount of commercial time to sure. trade for programming. Sure. And their national TV. I think their show was on ESPN and stuff. And so Eric made a deal with Vern to uh, buy a commercial time. For, they would get a, we would fulfill, we would sell the Ninja Star World game and, and the, uh, uh, we shot a commercial for it, put it on their network, and and uh, what came out of that, you know, we didn't really make money. We we did sell the stuff, but what came out of that was, you know, they liked Eric's sales pitch. Yeah. And what he, you know, he was good at it. Yeah. You know, so so they said, hey, what are you doing? Vern asked him to come and work for him to sell their syndicated shows. You know, syndicated programming would go to, he would have to sell their programming to, to local networks, local yep. television stations, you know, regional, and as well as to national cable outlet like uh, TBS or, uh, or uh, ESPN. Yeah. That's how he got in the business. He was yeah. their salesperson. Then opportunity came along where one of the announcer was not quite ready to be on television. I, I wasn't there, so I won't go into detail. I heard the story. And, and they needed somebody to, to interview the wrestlers. And Eric being a good looking guy, and, you know, and, and who could speak. And they threw him in there interviewing the wrestlers. And that's how he got to be the third string announcer. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And the rest is really, you know, history because he was in, he went to Atlanta to sell their programming and, and, uh, they offered him a job, and next thing he knew, he was the third string announcer at uh, World Championship Wrestling. And then, of course, the rest is history, and and exactly. uh, and it's it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Um, now I know a lot of my listeners. You you told it on the previous show, and and yeah. and uh, you you know you you spoke about how you went to Japan and you know kind of made yeah. a deal over there and stuff, and then you eventually got yourself into the wrestling side of things. Now, this is a really fun story for me. 
what I would like my listeners to hear that if they haven't heard it before, how you actually got into the business, how that idea was pitched to you and um, and where it went from there. Because before I continue, I, I consider you, you were always someone that was very, very fun for me. Um, I mean, like in 1998, I mean, I was what, 13, 14. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be able to kind of get all of the nitros on tape. And then, I you know, I'd have to purchase the, the VHSs and I'd probably wait maybe three months for the VHS pay-per-views. <laughs> I'd be right. like three months behind. I'd already know the results, but I wanted to see it. Right. Um, you are kind of from the genre that's kind of the last line of the old school manager. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you weren't just throwing like a good looking girl with a guy to be his manager, or you weren't right. getting a guy who wasn't getting booked well to just stand outside and be a manager. You were, that was your role. You were from yeah. that kind of, you know, a different, like a Bobby Heenan-esque kind of role. You know what I mean? That old right. Style. Well, actually p- people who helped me with all that was, you know, Jimmy Harz, you know, Bobby yes. Heenan. Yeah. You know, Gene Oakland, those are the guys who, who helped me because, you know, I was kind of thrown into that thing. I mean, I have done some, you know, martial art movies and stuff like that. So I, I've been in front of the camera. But yeah. what really happened was well, we went to rekindle the relationship with New Japan. Um, and, you know, because uh, prior management of WCW had taken some money from New Japan and not provided a talent. Sure. So we had to go and fix that deal. And actually, I went there. Now, as I went there, the air called me up one day and said, hey, you want to go to Japan with me? You know, I got some business. You still translator, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I was just there as a friend. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm translating between yeah. three of the meanest looking guy who looked like they wanted to kill us. And I said, man, what did you do to these guys? Right. And then for the first time, I'm hearing Eric explaining <laughs> how prior manager has, has taken upward of half a million dollars out of New Japan and not provided any talent. So yeah. no wonder they wanted to kill us. Of course. And and uh, we made it. One of the things Masa Saito at the time says, okay, we're going to give you another chance, but who's going to be our contact person? Well, that would be Sonny, Eric says. And I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Eric like, hey, when did I start working for you? I, got, I left Japan before. What are you doing to me? <laughs> so that, you know, and, and he gave me a job as to basically take their request, because Eric was always take my call, mm-hmm. and get a, get an answer and 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 translated back to them because I'm fluent in Japanese. So, sure. you know, there was no communication issue. That's how it happened. But what happened after that was they wanted to bring their top star into WCW and their young boy as well, guy like uh, Nakanishi, guy like uh, uh, Yuji Nagata. Yeah. And, and uh, of course- Masahiro um, Chono was, of, of yeah, course- I mean, Yeah, Chono and, and Muda was, you know, they're, they're big stars. The guy, yeah, yeah. So when they came over, none of them speak English. And even the, even now, that issue persists, right? Yeah. Because even if you could speak conversational English, in other words, you can communicate, yeah. but the accent is so heavy that average fan don't want to bother. What, what, what did he say? Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, That's I get you. So if you can't speak fluent English, or, you know, or the, or the fan can understand, then it becomes a problem. Sure. So, because I was educated in the United States, so my, you know, my Japanese accent, unless I drink a lot, um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good under control. So 
So when I when I started managing these guys, it kind of fit, you know, I, I could relate the message, be that rich, smug Japanese, that's because at the time when Japanese, this is before the Japanese bubble burst, the economy bubble burst, you know, they were, they were over here all over the world buying up golf courses in, in New York, if you sure, remember. Sure. So I play that character. And, and, and of course, like I said, the guy like Bobby Heenan, uh, Jimmy Hart, and me and Gene Oakland helped me, kind of helped me create that character. And it was and, very unique, if you don't mind me kind of sure. saying so, because it wasn't like you were kind of like a suave kind of Mr. Yeah. Fuji. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Mr. Yeah. Fuji had that kind of you knew he was up to something sneaky, but you right. were coming out with, you know, at that time with like a, you know, uh, a, camera. Yeah. yeah. And I remember going, this guy is an asshole. I, I love it. You know. <laughs> It's just like what I am. It just it just multiplied when you're in front of the camera. Hey, anybody anybody that's been involved in the wrestling business, including myself, can be accused of that. Right. <laughs> but so you know, so it, it, it's kind of shrewd businessman. Sure. Uh, well dressed. Uh, you know, uh, a little bit stylish, and yeah. and and you know that that was my character, and it worked out. And of course. I, as as the relationship evolved, you know, one of the best relationships we had with WCW with New Japan, you know, with NWO Japan angles and all that stuff. You know, uh, Eric and I went over there for Masa Saito Memorial event after he passed away. Sure. And and one of their officers of New Japan told me that they spent or they made over seven million dollars on t-shirt sale in 1998. Wow. NWO t-shirt. Wow. So, yeah. so the debt, the debt was repaid. And, oh yeah. yeah. A lot of time over. <laughs> yeah. And like, and it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I would, I try, I wouldn't consider myself a wrestling historian, but I definitely strive to be one. And yeah. um, I kind of knew that story. Hence why I asked the question. Cause I find, I, I, I know my listeners will find it very, very interesting because you were involved in, in you know, big things like that, which people don't realize actually helped progress the company for the better um, and you also you know had a big hand in kind of managing these guys that were that eric was trying to bring the cruiserweight division obviously into right. play which again was kind of unheard of in in well you know what happened was when 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 uh uh, uh we had a meeting with the uh, antonio inoki in las vegas when and uh inoki had an event uh, i believe there was 94 94, 95. He had an event in Los Angeles. I think it was in LA Coliseum, actually. And guess who was there? Ultimo Dragon, Dean Malenko, who worked for New Japan, who's on the contract with New Japan. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Jericho, and Chris Jericho. Yeah. You know, you those are top cruiserweights, right? Sure. And, 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 and in this day and age would be heavyweights. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, you know, we, we were, uh, and, and, you know, everything is timing. And, and uh, we created a, a business proposal with New Japan so that like, guys like Malenko, um, Guerrero, and Benoit, who was, they were like 10 to 15 week contract with New Japan. You know, like, so let's just say $150,000 for the, you know, uh, 10 grand a week, sure. 15 week program. But sure. what Eric said was to say, we can use these guys. Let's put together a deal. So yeah. what we did was we took their contract 
put them under their contract, released New Japan of their contract. Sure. And just we took put over them under the our contract. Yeah. So we can use them. But at the same time, New Japan can, because of our talent exchange program, they can still use our guys, these guys, back to Japan. It's genius. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's genius because New Japan jettisoned their payroll. Yeah. Yeah. Not much more than what they were paying us. Yeah. They can still use them along with our top star, like, you know, uh, 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 Flair, Sting. Yeah. So it was a good deal for them. Yeah. It was a good deal for us. And it was the best deal for the boys because boys, you know, they, they, they got a bump in the pay. They didn't have to travel overseas. Yeah, I mean, I guess for them it was kind of cool because they could go over just for like, say, the Super J Cup or something like that and do like a, you know, a four-week, you know, run or something. And, right. And, and they, get, they got a great pay and, yeah. you know, great pay raise. You know, they got they got bump on their pay three, four times what they were getting paid. Awesome. So they loved it and it was guaranteed money. It's it's kind of sad, isn't it, when you look at kind of the death of WCW and how, how it kind oh, of... Oh, it is. Um, and, and kind of... It's something for you. You don't have to spend long on this, but like you, you obviously your last kind of, I suppose, TV was with WCW. Um, you you obviously rightly so, in my opinion. You you kind of um, sued WCW along with a couple of other people because of certain kind of. Um, if you want to explain that, you can actually better better. Well, than well, what what happened was Eric was no longer there. I just signed a two year extension. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, end of 99, actually. Yeah. And, and uh, Russo came in as, as, as a, a, basically a book, a head booker, a director. Yeah. And he's, he came, he publicly said that he, 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 didn't, he didn't give a shit about the Japanese. He didn't give, I mean, that's what he actually said. And the Mexicans, he actually, yeah. He actually, he actually said he didn't give a shit about the Japanese, didn't give a shit about the Mexicans. And I'm from America, and I just want American on television. Yeah, nobody, no Americans want to to watch Japanese or Mexican wrestlers, and neither do right. we or something like that, wasn't it? it was right. Kind of, no, he, yeah, I mean, you can look it up. He actually, yeah. you know, you use the derogatory term against. And listen, you know, AOL Time Warner is a big company. Mm-hmm. There are person who who conduct work under them. Can't, can't use race or the country of origin as a reason not to use them. No. Now no. you can do that, but don't advertise it. Don't say it publicly. And not only that, proceeded to fire all, all the Japanese and Mexicans. Yeah. You yeah, know, and that's what he did. So I said that, you know, you know what they should have done was actually made me sit at home and collect my check and, and get rid of me after my contract. Was but they were kind of arrogant, or certainly. And, and, and they proceeded to, you know, terminate my contract along with other guys. And, you know, one of the things that's really said that, 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 they, that they won't, you know, Russo will never tell you this, but he didn't, he didn't understand the business side, right? And I, I understood, because you know, I, I put those deals together, so I knew what the deal was. You know, when he got rid of me and all the other Japanese in relationship with New Japan, yeah. guess what he did? He left... You know, they were paying us about a million dollars a year at the time. Wow. So he lost that as well. Wow. You know, I mean, that's how that's how stupid he was. 
you can kind of see where the gradual decline, because we're obviously at the, our conversation, even though we've only been talking less than 30 minutes, our conversation has brought us to the heights of where it got to. And then and decline, yeah. With, with some, you know, I suppose, idiotic decisions just go. Well, yeah, his thing was he was a shock jockey. I mean, I spoke with um, yeah. uh, uh, standard and practice guy about six months ago. And matter of fact, in Hulk Hogan's bar in, in Tampa, Florida. Sure. Uh, we met up, we, we did a chat. Um, and and uh, he told me, because he would have to tell Russo, no, no, we can't do that. No, you know, he told me Russo wanted to one time get a school bus, put a bunch of luchador in it and set it on fire. Oof. I mean, storyline-wise, wow. right? And he had to tell him, he said, no, you, you can't do that. Yeah, no, no, you know, I mean, he, he came up with some amazing, stupid ideas. A lot of the idea, unfortunately, made it in onto TV. But, you know, um, he, he just didn't have a lot of lot of common sense. Well, he, he was wasn't, he, he wasn't, he wasn't a pro wrestling guy. Yeah, I mean, you're talking no. about it. You're talking like it was Jerry Springer TV. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, well, it, and that's the sad part, right? When NWO angle came in, that was reality based, right? Of course. Yeah. You know? Because people weren't sure, hey, that's Diesel and you know Razor, Razor Ramon. Ramon. Yeah, they doing here, you know. So it was it was it was blurring the reality, right? Oh, so for reality sure. TV, and then from that, then you got you know Russo booking as stupid ass stuff like you know Buck Bagwell's mom becoming a you know <laughs> oh god Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, so you went from reality based to really, like you said, shock jock booking, which was kind of silly. Nobody really believed it, you know. And and then so, and then that that that's the decline of WCW. Yeah. And uh, and you won your lawsuit too, which was uh, which was. Well, actually, they settled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you won. Yeah, they pay me in, for what they pay me for my. You know, I sue them for what they owe me. So, you know. Uh, and and they said all and they said yeah you're right yeah we don't want this to go the trial so they yeah. it you know yeah um, they made the right decision all, there from yeah you know. all my kids got to go to a, go to a college so it was really I heard I heard that I heard Eric say that yeah all your kids got to go to very good colleges if I'm not mistaken <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> all my all my kids are really doing well which is awesome to hear which is awesome to hear and you look like you're doing well too um, yeah you know I I bought my second home down here in Texas. To avoid the the cold weather that uh, you know that you have and I have up in Iowa, it's one my so, pale yeah. skin, you know. <laughs> yeah, because you don't get any sun, no sun out here. So yeah. It, it, yeah, so it's it's wonderful, you know. I I, I walk my dog and and uh, and doing like I was telling you earlier, I began the show. We talked about that. There's a lot of opportunity with the metaverse. And, That's what I was going to ask you. Would you tell us what you got going on? Yeah. Well, you know, I. Look, I don't know a lot. I'm, I'm old. I don't understand a lot of this stuff. But, you know, Metaverse is the, the, the computer-generated world out there. And people are buying. I mean, people spend a lot of money and billions of dollars buying properties, you know, arenas and, and, and theaters. Well, and this, you know, for us becoming a, uh, uh, a part of that Metaverse, and you want to go see um, a wrestling show in there. Yeah. Well, what are you going to get that content? 
And that's how I got approached. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're going to be creating content for them, uh, for, for that world. And, you know, just like before we had, you know, before we had the cell phone, right? I mean, what we do without one now, you know? Sure. Sure. And I think, I think, uh, I think this new world, new marketing, uh, it's going to change how we operate now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially with this, you know, now, now that, that they're discouraging us to see each other one on one, you know? So, no, I know. It's going to be might... a place where, like, you want to go and see Kiss in the future. Right. Right. You go see Kiss in the metaverse, you know? Right. And, and so, and people buying up like apartments and, and I know. Yeah. It, it's really crazy. You know, it is actually it is actually crazy isn't it when you think it about really it. Like it it's it's actually it's actual now uh, i'm not trying to oppose any possible business opportunities that come my way in the future either but when you think about it it's actual craziness it is crazy people spend a lot of money yeah. i mean and it's for your avatar right yeah so you and i will be will meet see each other inside that metaverse as computer generated avatar yeah right but if you want sunny on a t-shirt i'm talking about your avatar wants one well you have to go buy one yeah and that you have to buy one for your avatar yeah it's, and it's people are actually paying money so they can wear you know merchandise whether it's bret hart or nwo that's what's going on it's crazy yeah it is it is crazy i mean i'm still I'm I'm afraid to dip my toe into it to, to try and understand it, but at the same time, I also kind of want to be that guy that's not the old man. <laughs> well, well, you know, I'm a lot older than you. I mean, think about me going like, "What? You want me to spend money and buy what?" <laughs> I mean, it's my avatar, you know. But it's, you want your avatar to look just like a regular guy, don't you? Want him to wear Nikes and yeah, you want him to wear you know, twenty-four you know, inch biceps pythons. You know what I mean? <laughs> So you could actually buy yourself, make yourself go to gym and make yourself big and do all that stuff. I'm telling it's you. It's really crazy. And just stay in bed all day. <laughs> <laughs> and do this. And do that. Yeah, you I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna do another hand gesture there, Sonny. It's okay. It's not a PG <laughs> show though, so it's okay. <laughs> um listen, it's been a pleasure. Um I really do appreciate you taking the time out today to talk. Yeah, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you remembering me and, and uh, always. Yeah. And we'll stay in touch and maybe six months from now, we'll do another one. We I will. News for you. We will 100% uh, do this again. 100%. Right. You've always been one of my favorite guests. You've always been a gentleman. So thank you, Sonny. Um, for Sonny Ono, for Ian yeah. the Dynamo Kelly, this has been Dynamo's Dozen. And for today, until next time, we are over and out.